the, the funeral service for our father will be next Saturday at Garden Memorial. And we didn't, you know, first of all, I want to, forgive me, we, we, we didn't even pray for those who uh, have been affected in North Carolina. We have a family here that, uh, uh, Celeste family here with us. And thank God for those who would protect. Thank God that the storm, the storm did die down and it wasn't to the degree that it did affect it, but there's still a lot of flooding. Let's just pray for all those who've been affected because we personally know what it's like to have experienced disasters and storms. And so, Father, we pray right now for the people throughout North and South Carolina and throughout that region, Lord, the East Coast that have been affected by Hurricane Florence. I pray that, Lord, those who've lost everything through the flood, that, God, even now that you would comfort and strengthen them. I pray for those who lost their lives, Lord. There's been 14 people who've lost their lives in this flooding. I pray that right now, Father, that you would just comfort their family members, strengthen them. And God, we know more than anyone that, Lord, that you can take disasters and you can turn them around and you can work it for our good and your glory. And so, God, I pray. I pray for the protection of every first responder, every, every fireman, every policeman, every National Guard, every military person, everyone on the ground that are seeking to restore and save lives. Father, you protect them. Let there not be one more loss of life. And, God, we, we trust you that, God, that when we don't understand everything, we know that we can trust you that you're going to work it for our good. You'll redeem this situation in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, let's thank him one more time. Amen. Yes. Yes. Just, just a correction. The meeting for John Bevere is an, is an all-men's event at Healing Place Church this Wednesday. So it's just for men uh, this Wednesday night. And so uh, if you were planning to go and you're late, it's just for men. Also, I want to tell you, we had an amazing men's breakfast. Uh, Brother Sean Jordan, right where he's at. Bro Brother Sean, wait, wait. Brother Sean, he, he, he may be out. Do, but Brother Sean is here. Brother Sean Jordan shared his testimony. And, and uh, I want to tell you, you know, sometimes we don't realize uh, the grace of God in people's lives. Sean shared how, you know, he was born in one of the most notorious communities in New Orleans and St. Thomas Project and uh, he was one, his mother had four boys and every one of them at some point had gone to jail. Sean in his case was, was arrested wrongfully for armed robbery. Four, three of her mother's sons, three of his mother's sons were shot and uh, yet God had his hand on this young man's life. And because of the hand of God and God's protection, Sean uh, not only graduated at the top of his class in high school, but went on to Grambling University, uh, graduated, became an electrical engineer, and now he's a senior manager for energy. Isn't that amazing? Come on, let's thank God for the amazing grace of God. And so I, I want to tell you, I was so blessed because sometimes we, we, you never know where people have been. You never know. But I'm, you know, look at somebody that says the grace of God is amazing. The reality, it doesn't matter where you, who you are, what, you, what you've been in. If you're saved today, it's because of God's amazing grace. None of us earned it. None of us deserved it. None of us could ever merit it. But it's all because of his amazing 
grace, his love for us. Amen. God, I thank you. We've prayed and I just pray that for the next few minutes as we open up your word. That Lord, this morning that you will speak to us. I thank you for this time together. Thank you for your promise where two or more gather in your name. You say you'd be here. Now, Lord, speak to us as your people. Do what only you can. Stretch forth your hand. Heal. Change lives. Meet every need. And we promise to give you all the glory and all the praise. And all God's people say, amen. Well, praise God. This morning, I'm continuing a series. If you have your Bibles, I'm continuing a series uh, on the subject, Rethinking the Church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Just kind of give you a little backdrop, how, the, how this message or this series was birthed in my heart. Andrew and I were sitting in, we were um, fellowshipping with another pastor and his wife. And uh, they, we, you know, they were just sharing the challenges the, the anxiety and how hearing of so many leaders burning out, so many leaders feeling the, the weight of ministry. And she just said, she said, I know there's a better way. I know there has to be something different than the way God intended. And uh, it just caused me to reevaluate. Are we doing church the way God intended? And are, are we, you know... It's amazing how sometimes we can, if we're not careful, we can make the church something other than what Jesus intended to be. Can I have an amen? Jesus said in Matthew, he said, I will build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so we've been asking the question, what, what is the church that Jesus intended? How, what is it, ought, you know, how does the church should be? Because uh, one of the things, when we read the book of Acts and we read the, the start of the early church, we see a church, how God took ordinary people, but as a result of infusing them with power, they became extraordinary, they began to do extraordinary things, and they went and they began to change their world. And the Bible said when they came into a city, they said, these are they who are turning the world upside down. Are they really saying that of us? You know, I want to tell you, the most powerful thing in the earth is when the church is being what God intended it to be. And so I want us to afresh look at Acts chapter 2. And I, I, I want to talk to you uh, once again. I left off about two weeks ago talking about the importance of encountering uh, the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And I want to clarify because some of you say, well, I got born again and I already have the Holy Spirit. And yes, you do. The reality is once you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit. But the real question is not whether or not you have the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of how much of, the whole, how much of you the Holy Spirit has. In other words, how yielded are you? Have you allowed Him to have all of you? And, um, and so forth. I was just informed one of our members was just rushed to urgent care. Let's just pray right now. Father, I just pray for Sister Deidre. We come against the devil. We know that he is the author of every sickness, disease, and short thing that he wants to bring in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray. Come on, agree with me. Father, we pray right now. Stretch forth your hand. 
and heal Sister Deidre in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray right now for healing, that whatever is going on in her body, whatever is going on in her life, that, Lord, that you will correct in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm reading at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. I want to say that the church can never be what God intended without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. God intended you and I to have power. That's weak. I said, how many of you, I'm going to say it again. God intended that, that every born-again believer live in, walk in, and experience the, the a power of the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. It's not just for a few. God intended every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? He expected, you know, and sometimes we relegate uh, certain things just for a few people or just for certain people. But I want you to know, God, we, when we look at the Bible, we look at the Word of God, God intended every member of the body of Christ to experience and be filled with His power. And so I want to look at this first uh, example in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And we're going to look at uh, this once again. In Acts 2, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly. You ever had a suddenly in your life? When unexpected, out of the blue, God just did something and you did. God, God ever surprised you? We got some here. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Underline that in your Bible. Say that with me. Say, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I'm convinced that God desires every born-again believer, every child of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He is not just for some, it's for everyone. Look at somebody says for everyone. You know, when, when Peter stood up and preached uh, the first sermon, he said this promise is not only for you, but to your sons, your daughters, and as many as the Lord our God. You know how you know, he wanted them to know that it's for everyone. Say it's for everyone. And God, you know, God has an abundant, amazing life for everyone, a life of living in the overflow. Jesus described it as an abundant life. He said, the thief come but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. The one verse is, that in life to the overflow. How many you know God wants us to live an overflow? It is an indictment against God when we have churches Filled with people who say they're saving, they're depressed, they're full of anxiety, they're full of fear, they're bound up with addiction, they're bound up to, they're bound up to pornography, they're bound up to everything. I know that's an indictment against God. That's not what God intended. 
And the first thing, if you and I are going to experience what God wants us, we have to first see our need. It reminds me, you know, when Paul went to Ephesus and the Bible says, I'm just going to preach out of the overflow. Listen, when he began to talk, talk, come to these believers, the Bible says he found some believers. There was 12 men and he found them and he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Acts 19.1. And he said, we have not even heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing? I believe that today as we're living in the 21st century and I believe even today there's large segments of the body of Christ that is ignorant of what the life that God intended them to live. You know, wouldn't it be a, a tragedy to realize that you had a a loved one who left you a great inheritance, you know, maybe a a million dollars in the bank, and you come to the end of your life, and you never realize that they left all this. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to to struggle and barely get by, realizing that you had somebody that left you the greatest inheritance, but you never took time to find out about it? Well, I want to tell you, we can be guilty of that even in the body of Christ, not realizing what great inheritance God has given us. And I want you to know that you have to, if you and I are going to experience the fullness, we got to first see our need. In other words, we got to get tired of powerless Christianity. You got to get tired. You know, like, like this comes, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. How you know God never intended us to be, to live a life of oppressed, depressed, full, you know, full of anxiety, fear. And let me just say, I'm not saying we won't have those things come against our lives, but I want you to know there is a power that's greater than all the power of the enemy. I'm preaching to some of you. That's all right. I, you're going to get it. Amen. The Bible says of Jesus Christ, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I want you to know we need to see that there is a supernatural ability that only comes from the Holy Spirit that will change our lives. We used to sing that song, there's a river of life flowing out of me that makes the lame to walk, that caused the blind to see, that opened prison doors and set the captives free. There is a prison of li- there is a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well. Spring up in my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. I want you to know that if you say you're full of the Holy Spirit and it hadn't changed your life, then you might need to get another dip. Can I have an amen? You can't stay the same. You cannot stay the same and have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Something has to change in your life. Can I have an amen? In my own life, I saw, listen to me. That's why we need to see our daily need. It's not a one-time thing. I'm going to get there. But listen to me. You you got to see your need to it. I remember when I shared with a young man I worked with at Shell Oil Company. His name was Brad. And Brad and his family, they had a, 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 how would you say, a generational curse or or, uh, a family thing that mental breakdown it was a part of his family and where members of his family experienced it. And I was at work one day when he got the call that his sister had had 
a mental breakdown and he began crying and he began to be fearful and he said if it happened to her he began to say what well, it must be going to happen to me because it happened to this family and that family member and I want to tell you I begin to tell him, show him in the Bible how Jesus came to free us from the curse and how you don't have to live in mental torment. Listen to me. Not only did he get saved, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know that was 20 years ago, and he's still full of the Holy Ghost. He's still, listen, and he never had a mental breakdown. Somebody give God a praise offering. He came to break the curse. You don't have to live under the curse. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is he frees us from, from the curse of body. He, he, brings, he brings peace. He brings joy. He brings the fullness. Listen to me. Secondly, if you and I are going to experience this infilling, this is just review for some of you, but some of you weren't here. But we must position ourselves the, the word position, I looked up the, if you look up the definition of the word position, it means to place oneself in a location. How many you know, you, you can't, you, let me say, you can't be full of the world and full of God at the same time. If you want to get full of God, you got to place yourself. And the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord. One verse said they were all in harmony. Let me just tell you, God, uh, unity and harmony attracts the Spirit of God. Division and animosity repels the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible said where there's strife and confusion, there's, there's, there, let me say, wherever there's strife, there's confusion in every evil work. But I want to tell you, when you want the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you, the Holy Spirit is likened to a dove. Isn't it amazing? I believe God always set things up. Two days ago, I woke up, and I went outside my front door, and what do I see on my driveway? Two doves. Just sitting there. You know, if you know anything about a dove, if you Google, a dove is very sensitive. They're very gentle. They easily, uh, um, alone they they you know they you got they have to be invited you have to create a presence you have to create the right atmosphere you know what they won't they won't rest in a place where there's confusion or noise or whatever it has to be a place of peace i believe that may be a sign we might be doing something right come on come on holly well don't get angry at me you got you you, you. don't get angry at me you live right god might send a dove on your driveway You know, we live in a generation, I'm, I'm buying that devil. Listen to me, we ought to celebrate, let me just tell you, listen, because the same God who did it in my life, he'll do it in your life. But we must create an atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is drawn to an atmosphere where there's unity. The Holy Spirit is drawn to an atmosphere where there's love. I don't, I don't know... Uh, uh, what I do know is this. The Bible says when, they, when the day of Pentecost came, they were in one accord. They were in unity. They were in harmony. Listen, something happens when we come together. Something happens when we come together to lift up Jesus. Something happens when we can, whenever God can find two or more who will gather in unity, I want you to know God will show up. Isn't it amazing that, let me just say, some of the greatest miracles and things I've seen, and sometimes when we've just come together, God will just show up. He liked being among his people. How many you know? But he, he, wants, he wants us to create 
or position ourselves in the right atmosphere. And that's why the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Acts four, I mean, Ephesians 4.30 it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Listen, there are certain actions and attitudes that invite and welcome the Holy Spirit. But there are certain actions and attitudes that repel the Holy Spirit. I, I shared last two weeks ago, you know how, you know, imagine I, I was full of joy and, and cut my grass. And one of my kids backed up on my lawn and I had a, 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 a fit. Because they rolled over my grass. And I want to tell you, it was just like a dove lifted off of me. I want to tell you, not that the, the Holy Spirit, let me just say, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. What I do know is that immediately I sense that I grieve. You know what? The Holy Spirit is a person. In other words, he's, he's God dwelling in us. He's Emmanuel, God in us. And you know what? We can make him sad. We can grieve him. And there are certain activities that we can do that will grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, if you want to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit, then you must, try, you must strive to live a life that doesn't grieve the Holy Spirit. He goes on and begins to tell us different things that we need to get rid of. In Ephesians 4.31, he says, therefore, get rid of all bitterness. Let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit will never uh, uh, rest in and, and, and live to his fullness in a person who's full of bitterness. I want to tell you, that's why when you see somebody's always angry, I want Danny to have nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. The two are contrary because what is the evidence of the indwelling spirit? It's the first thing is love. It's joy. Let me just say, you see a person always heavy, always downcast, always got a negative. I want to tell you, that is not the environment that's going to draw the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is joy. Somebody say joy. He gives us joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace. It's patience. That's why you, you got to learn how to be patient if you want to walk in the things of the Spirit. Can I have an amen? Because God is patient with people. And if you're always impatient with people, you're not going to live in the fullness of the Spirit. I'm talking about how to position yourself to experience the fullness of the Spirit. One of the things I've had to learn is that if you're going to live in the fullness of the Spirit, you're going to have to learn how to be patient with people because God is patient with people. The Bible said God is long-suffering. God will put up with a whole lot of stuff I wouldn't put up with. Y'all say, thank God the pastor ain't God. Because God is, you know, he is total love. And he'll put up with stuff. And he'll look, overlook things for years because of his love and his mercy. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? Oh, I got 10 people excited. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that he didn't judge me. I'm thankful that he didn't just cast me into hell. I didn't deserve his mercy. I didn't deserve his goodness. Anybody beside me, you can remember when you wasn't always the way you are today. We never deserve it, but listen to me. We need to always remember that God is merciful. That's why don't just judge people when you don't know anything about their lives. You don't know what God is doing in their lives. You don't know what God, let me give you an example. I was at the Verizon's um, a, a while back, 
And, uh, you know, I'm just saying that this, this young person, you know, I'm talking about they had every kind of mark and pierce and hole everywhere you look. And, and my initial reaction was, you know, I, I'm going to just be human. I, I wanted, you know, I was judging her in my, in my thoughts and in my mind. But she began to tell before long. Not only I noticed there was a certain kindness about it, and she treated me with, with respect and, and gave great attention, but there was a joy, and, and she began to tell me how she had given her life to the Lord and how God was doing. You know, come on, listen to me. That's why, listen, we can't, listen, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. That's why, listen to me, you can't, you can't try to uh, think that the Holy Spirit only rests on certain people that dress certain way, that look so, oh, no, listen, God looks on the heart. And we must remember that, those of you who are so holy and sanctified and think that only you got the Holy Ghost. Because he'll just jump right over you and get on somebody you least likely and begin to move in their lives. And I learned a valuable lesson. Listen to me. Here's a young lady you would have never thought who was loving God. And I'm telling you, she was loving God and she treated me better. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, but we must position ourselves. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, don't quench the Holy Spirit. You can't live, listen to me, if you are a believer, I'm not talking about if you're not born again. If you're a believer, you can't live in open rebellion and sin and think that you're going to be filled with the Spirit. It's not going to happen. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. You can't, you know, we got folks that think, well, well I can, you know what, God, God is merciful. Yeah, he's merciful. But I want you to know, it saddens him because, you know, you don't have to live that way because he gave you power to live over sin. Can I have an amen? He gave you victory. And if you and I are going to live a victorious life, I can recall there are times in my life when I know that I quenched the Spirit. I told you one time, listen to me, I... You know, the Holy, I, I want to be, I'm always striving to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because I know what it's like to not have the Spirit of God on your life. That I shared, did, did two examples I wanted to share. One time, um, I mistreated, I'm not going to say mis, I'm going to just, I spoke to an older person in a way that was demeaning and hurtful. They had hurt me. Y'all know how I hurt people do. And sometimes we, instead of forgiving, I struck back. I struck, struck back. And I, I wounded that person by what they said. And I want to tell you, I got up to preach. I could read. You, listen to me. This is important. To all, you can say all the right words. You can read all the right texts. The Bible says the letter kills, but it's the spirit that gives life. And I want to tell you, I got to preach, and the Holy Spirit was nowhere to be. I'm, I'm just saying, I didn't sense no presence of God. I didn't sense none of his anointing on my life because I had saddened the Holy Spirit. I had grieved the Holy Spirit because of my actions. I shared with you, I had to make a decision. I had to humble myself, and I had to go to some people who 
who had lied on me, who had said things. See, we can't always control what people do to us. But I can control how I respond. And I don't care what you, you might lie on me, you might conspire, but I got to still love you. I got to still forgive you. I got to still pray. Can I have an amen? Listen to me. That's why, listen to me. I don't have a right to have an attitude. I don't have a right to be bitter. That's why Paul said, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage, all anger, all brawling, all slander. Let me just tell you, you can't talk about people and expect to be live in the fullness of the spirit because when you start slandering gossiping talking about people i want to know that it's like a dove the spirit say listen i'm gonna find somewhere where i I, because i dwell in a place where there's peace where people loving one another not hating on one another see you can't be jealous of everybody just because they get blessed and thank the holy spirit you ain't you can't live in the fullness of the holy spirit and walk in jealousy and in envy and let me just tell you the same god that blessed the person you're jealous he'll bless you can i have an amen if you keep your heart right God is no respect of persons but you can't live in open sin and expect and I'm talking but the more you mature in the Lord the more God deals with our lives I was getting ready to leave shell and uh, I needed some moving boxes and they threw some in the, in the dumpster at my job I figured, well, no, I might as well help myself to some. But, you know, I know the the rule is you can't take company stuff without asking permission. If you do, it's stealing. Isn't it amazing how we can justify stealing? Yeah, your pastor was stealing. (laughs) And you know how, this is just how the Holy Spirit does it. I needed all this stuff. And so, you know, I, I took without permission all this equipment. You know, we, 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 we think we get away, but God, he deals with us. That's why, you know, the Holy Spirit, listen what happened. The minute I loaded up my car with all those boxes, guess who pulls up? My manager had left, but he left something at work and he decided to come back to work. <laughs> now, the amazing thing is he didn't even see it. But you know, that night I couldn't sleep at all. And I I couldn't rest because the Holy Spirit was grieved because I was stealing. To you, it might seem a light thing, but to God, integrity is everything. And you know, I went back to my job and I said, um, Suva, you know, I told my man, listen, I know I took all of those moving boxes. And uh, I didn't even ask permission, and I know I was stealing. I just wanted, I brought them all back, and I want to ask you forget. He said, oh, Neil, I didn't even know about it. And he said, listen, all you have to do is ask, and I would have gave it to you. But, you know, I wanted to be right with God. And so, you know what, don't ever be too proud to repent. The Bible said God resists the proud. But he give grace to the humble. Y'all want to know part of the blessings of God on my life? I'm just telling you. It's because, listen, if God show me I'm wrong, I'm not too proud to say, God, I admit it. I'm wrong. Come on. 
I'm helping somebody. I'm helping somebody. See, some of you, you could be shown in the wrong, but you still won't admit it. Let me just tell you, God said, I resist the proud. In other words, he will fight against the proud, but he'll give grace to them. Never be too proud to admit when you may miss it, when you sin, when you miss them all. Because I want to tell you, if you're going to walk in the Holy Spirit, you and I are human. We're not God. We're going to miss the mark. How many of you I need his forgiveness every day? I got 10 of you that need it. Anybody else need his forgiveness every day? I don't just need it sometime. I need it all the time. And so if I want to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I have to keep myself in a position that I'm sensitive. That means if God convicts me of sin, I'm quick to repent. If God showed me something, you know, sometimes I don't even see it, but sometimes my wife or my wife, you know, she thinks she's the Holy Spirit sometimes. Anybody got a wife like that? Anybody? Oh, some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all have a, yeah, somebody got two hands up, yeah. And some of them scared their hands they had because they know they're going to hit, get. My brother won't raise his hand, but he, he. Mark, you can raise his hand, I ain't going to tell that, yeah. But you know, sometimes, it's not always the Holy Spirit, sometimes God will use people, and sometimes my wife, my wife has said, say, Neil, listen, I don't think you handled that right. And I might try to justify or whatever. But, you know, sometimes if I pray about it, you know, you're right. And I have to admit, even though I don't want to admit it, I got to admit. And sometimes we got to admit. You know, women, I think women are a little more sensitive. Oh, women, y'all ought to help me out a little bit now. God gives us, gives us wives to help us. That's why they call a helpmate, not to hurt us. And sometimes they tell us things even though we don't like to hear it. Anybody, you know, you know I don't, you don't like it sometimes. <laughs> but it's for our good. Listen to me. Because they were in one accord. And in one place, that's when the Holy Spirit comes. Let me just tell you, don't ever underestimate the power of coming together. They were in one place. I want to tell you, we had an awesome time of prayer. Again, we, we met together as a, as a group of men. And I want to tell you, the presence of God was there. There's something that happened when we come together in the name of Jesus. That's where God shows his power. That's why you need to understand, there's some things you're not going to get at home. Some things you got to make, you got, that's why I say you got to make place. You got to get position yourself. You got to make room for them. And thirdly, listen to me, if you and I are going to experience the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the infilling, we got to realize it's not a one-time thing. We must continually be filled. I was... I got born again in 1979, Friday night, October 1979, Gulfport, Mississippi, Lighthouse Full Gospel Church, right there on the coast of Mississippi. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in a meeting, uh, a full gospel businessmen meeting at the Superdome. They had a, I think it was in 1980, they had the uh, National uh, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship that had a conference in the Superdome, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It changed my life. 
full of rejection, full of fear, all of a sudden power came in my life. All of a sudden, I mean, that, that came a, a new bo found boldness, a new a joy I never had before. But how many of you know I can't live off of what happened in 1980? I'm grateful, listen to me. But I need a continual. I can't live off of yesterday's and all. And this is what happens with so much of the church. We talk about what God did back then. We talk about what God used to do. But what is He doing now? Do you have a, a, present, resident, a present experience with the Holy Spirit? And listen to what Paul writing to the church at Ephesians. He said, he said, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, or which leads to excess. How many of you ever got drunk in here? Raise your hand. Anybody ever got drunk beside me? You got drunk. Now let me just tell you, when you got drunk, did you stay drunk a year later for, because of that one drunk? You had to drink again, right? Paul is giving an analogy of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with with the Spirit. That word means to be continually filled. It means to have an ongoing infilling of the Holy Spirit. In other words, listen to me. You and I are leaky vessels. The flesh is always rising up. I don't know. There's, there's always things that will come in your life. Isn't it amazing? You could be having the greatest time, and sometimes one incident could happen. My wife and I had just come off of a vacation. We had a marvelous time. And she said one thing, and it blew the whole trip. <laughs> that ever happened to you before? That ever, you know, one. I got ten of you that's honest, ain't it? <laughs> and all of a sudden, we were having the most amazing time. And next thing you know, listen to me, we were, we were at odds with one another. Anger, resentment, all that. Where did that come from? I want you to know, the devil would work over time to try to keep you and I out of creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit. And so you got to always be recognizing that. And here he gives, us, he gives us some keys to how to create an environment for the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he said. Speak to one another with psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know this is why praise is not just a prelude to the message we preach. Praise is who we are. Praise is what I do when I want to be close to you. Listen to you got to learn how to pray. Somebody help me out. Listen to me. You got listen. You got to learn to make praise a way of life. Let me just say, if you and I are gonna live a life filled with the Spirit, then I want you to know you got to make room for Him. You got to invite Him. You got to create an atmosphere. Anybody like but like me like to praise Him? And I want you to know that, listen to me, never under-engages our emotions. It places, it, it, it draws, it, you know, just like I can listen to some music. Uh, I can walk in a store, and they can start playing a song that I used to listen to when I was in the world. And all of a sudden, I done gone back to where I used to be. <laughs> Come on, anybody, anybody be honest. 
you know, before, before, my, my wife and I, we went to Steinmark recently, and I want to tell you, before we was listening to some great, great gospel music, we was worshiping the Lord, I walk into Steinmark, and they was playing something. Next thing I know, my wife was joking at this. <laughs> oh, yeah. She said, Neil, that's my weakness, yeah. But listen to me. Music is powerful. Don't ever estimate. And that's why you and I have to learn in this negative culture, in this culture that always drawing us away from God. The Bible says the world is at odds with God. It, it, it's, it's an enemy of God. And everything in this world is designed to draw you and I away from God. You got to understand that. That's why someone said years ago, if the world is running to it, then as a believer, we need to be running from it. Because everything in this world is designed to draw us away from God. And so in order to, to stay filled, you got to ever be in created an environment. You got to press in. That's why our quiet time with the Lord. You got to learn, listen to me, there are times I can wake up I can be anxious, I can have worry, I can, I can be concerned about everything that's going on and whatever. But you know what? Sometimes if I just quiet myself and I sit before the Lord, this is what, what I do. You, you, everybody, how you engage and create an atmosphere might be different, but this is what I do. I, got a, I have a, a desk in my home, and I sit there, and I, I begin, the, one of the things I do, if I'm, especially if I'm having a difficult time praying, I open up a journal, and I just begin to write my thanksgiving to God. I begin to start out like, God, I thank you that you gave me a good night's sleep, Lord. God, I, I thank you that, Lord, today I woke up with my right mind. Lord, I thank you that, Lord God, that, Lord, you, you provided for me. I begin to start thinking, God, I thank you for my wife, Lord, that you've given me a virtuous wife. The Bible says that a woman of noble character, she's a gift from God. And so I begin to thank God. I begin to start thinking, God, I thank you for my children. God, I thank you for my grandchildren. Lord, I, I, I begin to thank, Lord, you know, I, I thank you for my shoes. God, God, I thank you for my clothing. Lord, you know, and sometimes I may have eaten a good meal. And I, oh God, that, that meal was just so good. God, I thank you. And I just begin to start writing out just thanksgiving to God. And before you know it, Lord, I'm in the presence of the Lord. All of a sudden, as I begin to thank God, I begin to sense his presence. And Lord, I begin to, God, I thank you for saving me. You know, listen to me. Sometimes God will uh, uh, allow a circumstance and you recall that, man, you know, had it not been for the Lord, that's where I'll be. Sometimes I go to, you know, we were, we were at, a, at, a, at a, a funeral for a loved one. And I, I just began to say, Lord, had it not been for your grace, that would have been me. And I just begin to thank him for that. See, I find a reason to thank God in everything. Say in everything. The Bible says in everything Give thanks, for this is the will of God. Some of you want to know, my brother, who was my assistant pastor, served here 19 years, loved God, listened to, died at 53. You want to know, I had a reason to be depressed. I had a reason to, to get in the flesh. I had a reason to get discouraged. But you know what? I begin to focus on, God, I thank you 
You allowed him to serve with me for 19 years. God, listen to me. I begin, God, I thank you that you allowed him to, to, we, to work together. God, I thank you for all the wonderful times we had. I begin to start thinking about all the that times he made us laugh. I begin to think, and all of a sudden, I begin to sense the Holy Ghost. I begin, let me just tell you, see, that's why some of you are meditating on the wrong thing. That's why the Bible said, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. See, if you stay in the mully grub and you meditate on the negative and you meditate on what you don't have and you meditate on what's going wrong and you meditate on what's, what you're fearing and what's not being done, you're going to stay depressed. But if you start focusing on God, on the goodness of God, God, if it had not been for the Lord, that welcomes the presence of God. Help me. That is an atmosphere that welcomes the presence of God. Help me out a little bit, Kelvin. Let me just tell you, I want you to just take a minute, just for a second right now, and just focus on how good God's been to you. You know, when I, when I, I went home, I was so full when, when Sean shared his testimony. I was just so full because, and I was saying, but for the grace of God, that could have been me. As he began to tell how God rescued his life. All most of his friends are in Angolan prison, but God chose him. When he began to say that, I began to think over my life. And I began to say, God, you've been so good to me. If God's been good to you. See, that's what, you know, we come together and the Bible says we are to worship him for who he is. He's been good. I, I know you might be aching in your body. You might be having this going on. But I want you to focus for a minute on the goodness of God. Focus a minute on the faithfulness of God. Focus a minute on how he's brought you through. Because the same God that brought you through once, if he did it once, he'll do it again. Focus, focus just a minute. Listen to me. Focus on how he's brought you. Listen to me. If God never did anything else to me, I want to praise him for the rest of my life. God, that heaven's my home. I was once headed to hell, but he brought me out. He saved me. Come on, just in time. Come on, let's thank him for his goodness. And when I think about all he's done, when I begin to meditate on how good he's kept, I think about how he's kept my life. I was reading the book of Proverbs, and I was just reminded how God, you kept me. You kept me. You delivered me. You saved me. I, I you know, and my, I begin to just get blown away. God, it's, you've been looking after me when I didn't even realize it. When I thought you wasn't even there, God, you was always there. And when I begin to meditate on that, my heart begins to be full, and the Holy Ghost begins to just have his way. See, you can live daily in, in, in the fullness of the Holy Spirit if you'll learn to give Him praise, if you'll learn to worship Him, if you'll learn to give Him thanks. Don't focus on everything that's wrong. Oh, they got a lot. But you begin to focus on how He's, made, how he's been good to you. You focus on what he's did. Listen to me. I just want you right now. Just give God just a two, three minute prayer. Come on. Come on. Just begin to thank him. Come on. Begin to thank him. Come on. All over this place. 
begin to thank him. Come on, begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, you're a good God. Oh, God, you're so good. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Oh, you're so good. He's so good. Oh, he's been so good. Come on, don't, don't stop. Come on, help me praise him. Come on. He kept you. He saved you. He healed you. He filled you. He protected you. He watched over you. Come on. He met every need in your life. You know, come on. For that, we're forever grateful. God, we thank you. And Lord, we, you know, this is why we gather. We gather here for one purpose, and that is to worship you, Lord God. You say you, you inhabit the praise. You seek those who will worship you in spirit and truth. Begin to praise him. Come on. Come on, begin to thank him. Come on, begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. God, I bless you. God, I honor you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Come on, all over this place, let's tell him. You know, I, I'm going to just tell Marvin, you know, I, I looked at, at your Facebook, and I saw a picture of you and your daddy. Your dad is 80, what? 82 years old. The picture of health. And, you know, I've got happy for him. What a blessing. Here's a man in his late 50s, and his father, 82, and he was able to spend time, have his father with if you got a parent that's still alive you got a reason to praise God, come on right now, just thank God for that right now thank God for that he's been good to you he's been good to you if your parent went on to be Lord, you still got reason to thank God thank God that they were there in your life, see you got to thank, find a reason to thank God for him bless him, bless him, he's a good God He's a good God. He's a good God. Now sit down for a minute. I want. I want to. I want to close this out. This. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Talking about. Lastly, and this is most important because we're talking about rethinking the church. If you and I are gonna. Be the church that God wants us to be. If we're going to live lives filled with the Spirit, listen, then we must earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He wants to give gifts. This is so important. Hear me. The church, the way it is, is not the way God intended. God never intended the church to be a one-man show or a ten-man show or a handful of people. He intended that every one of you get in on what he has for you. But you know, the thing about a gift, this is what I want you to know. I remember Ann and I struggled so long in our early marriage financially. And I remember there came a season when God turned our mourning into dancing and God began to turn some things around. And we begin to not just have not enough and just enough, 
But God brought us to a place where we had more than enough. And I remember we had a family in our small group. And Ann and I both sensed the Lord wanted us to bless them. And we didn't have much because we, 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 we hadn't been in the overflow long. But, but we, because we were so grateful. I remember when we would go to church and because we didn't know what we was going to eat, we would pray, God, I'm praying for somebody to invite us over today. That's how we prayed. God would move, and people would invite us over. And they didn't know that we didn't have, the refrigerator was empty, but God would move. And you know what? Because God had been so good to me, and I remember that, we wanted to, in turn, be a blessing. And you know what? We gave our best gift to this family because we know that they were struggling, they were hurting. But listen to this. Because of pride, because they were older, for whatever reason, they felt uncomfortable at taking our gift. And so the husband, well, instead of immersy, he gave it to somebody else. And I said, and oh, and, they, and I, we know they needed it bad. But isn't it how we do sometimes with the gifts of the Spirit? They're gifts, but sometimes the things that God wants to do in your life. But sometimes we too busy, we too proud, we, we find every reason why we don't have time for the gift that God had. I'm telling you, I believe this more than, I believe that until I get to heaven, unless God show me different, hear me. I remember clearly, I had no desire to be a pastor, no desire to be, to, I just, it just wasn't even on the radar. I was with, I, working in the information system, being pro programming computers at Shell. Had no desire to be a pastor. It just wasn't even on the radar. I'm not saying that it was something I despised. Nobody in my family was a pastor. There was nothing that gave me a desire to be that. But I remember praying, seeing the lack of men of integrity, the lack of, I grew up in a community, unfortunately, where so many of the leaders were known for being womanizers and running women and being one thing in the church and another thing outside the church. And I so wanted, when I got saved, I so wanted my friends to come to the Lord. But there were so few churches that the leader I could respect. And I remember saying, God, crying. One day I went to a church in Alabama. God is my witness. I sat in the parking lot, just crying. I said, God, is that not any good leaders? God, is that? I know you're not a respectable person. God, I know there's something. But, it, and you know what God began to do? Just because I saw in my community a need for godly men who will live a life, who will love their wives, who will be faithful to their wives, who will raise their children, who will honor God, who will honor God with their finances. I said, God, you got to do something. And you know what God did? He made me the answer to my prayer. I, I didn't want it. But the Holy Spirit, do you know one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 4, 11, He gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I didn't want it. 
I wasn't interested. But God said, Neil, if you're willing, you see, I, I had a, a desire. I said, Lord, if you could use anything, use me. Part of the reason it never was on my radar, I could never have envisioned myself ever being up here today. I, it, was like, it was like what Sean said yesterday. He said, growing up in the, in the St. Thomas housing project, his wife said, you pass these beautiful homes every day. He said, you couldn't imagine yourself owning one. He said, it just wasn't even on my radar. He said, because I lived in a community that was so depressed, full of power, I could never imagine. Well, that's how I could never imagine that God could ever use me. But you know what? I had one thing in my heart. I said, God, I'm available. Whatever you want me to do. That's all God is looking for. God wants to give gifts this morning. I'm going to say it again. God wants to give gifts this morning. But today there's so many people who, like the people we bless, they're not interested in the gift that God gives. They have pride. They have other reasons. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, if he can use anything, I want him to use me. I want the gifts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Verse 31 says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I'll show you a more excellent way. There's all kinds of gifts. If you read in the New Testament, there's at least 18 to 22 spiritual gifts. It talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gifts of faith, gifts of healing. I believe that some people didn't get healed because some of you didn't bother to receive the gift that God want to give. I, just, I believe that. I believe that. There's, there's working of miracles. There's gifts of faith. I don't, I, the Bible tells me that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the problem is not with God. The problem is sometimes we're not interested. Sometimes we don't desire. But I believe in my heart that God wants to bring the church. Listen to listen what 1 Corinthians 12 says in, in the message Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Each person is given something to do to show who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Come on, read that with me as I close. Say, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. That means that every person out in this room today, no matter what your size, your age, your race, every one of you, every one of you, every one of you, God wants to give you something to do. But hear what I'm going to tell you. The only way you can receive it, the only way you can receive it, a gift, you got to be willing to receive it. I could want to give you a gift, but if you're not interested, it won't do you no good. But when you come to a place in your life where you say, God, I want what you have for my life, I believe in God begins to pour out his gifts. As I close, this is my close. This morning the Lord just told me there were some people here, and like I was, you're hungry. And you're saying, God, I don't want to just come to church and just sit down week in and week out. Lord, I want to be the church. I believe that the Spirit of God want to pour out gifts in this place today. 
I believe with all my heart, the Spirit of God wants to fill people and pour out gifts on your life. Maybe there's gifts, there's gifts of serving, there's gifts of teaching, there's gifts of leadership, there's gifts of administration, there's gifts of miracles, there's gifts of faith. He hadn't changed. He's still the same. But we must believe and we must ask for it. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask? If you're here this morning and you said, I don't care whether you're young or old, and you say, Lord, I want all that you have for me. I want to receive the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to just stand to your feet. If you're not interested, if you, go, you worry about the Saints game, you can leave now the game coming on in a few minutes. But if you're hungry, if you're hungry, I don't want no distraction. Those of you that want to go to the game, you can leave now. But those of you that's hungry, hungry, you say, I want, I want what God has for me. What God has for me is more important than the Saints game, more important than watching an NFL game, more important. I want what God has. I want, I, want, I want something from the Lord. I want something from the Lord today. I want to receive. Listen to me. I believe with all my heart that today the Holy Spirit is here to give gifts. He hadn't changed. The Bible says the pastor can't give the gift, but the Holy Spirit is the gift giver. And he wants to give gifts unto men. The Bible says he gives gifts so that every person, every person, he, just like he fills everyone, he wants to give gifts to everyone. And I don't care who you are. You might not say, you might not see yourself being used of God. Just like I could never, ever even imagine, never even dreamed that God would one day use me as a pastor. Maybe today, I believe there's pastors in here today. I believe there's apostles in here today. I believe there's evangelists in here today. I believe there's teachers. I believe, that, I believe listen to me, I believe with all my heart that today that there's working up, that God want to begin to use you to begin to have miracles, gifts of healing, faith, faith for the impossible. I believe that with all my heart today. And if you're hungry today, I'm going to ask you to do this. I've asked some of my leaders to pray with me. I've been praying and fasting. I believe that sometimes, that just like in the Bible, the Bible says they laid hands on them and they imparted gifts. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was given to him by the laying on of hands. I want to ask you, those of you that I've asked to pray and, and you, those of you that's flowing in the Holy Ghost, I want you to first come up here right now. Come up here right now. And we're going to have a, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit. He's the giver of gifts, but I believe he uses people to lay hands on him and impart a gift. If you're here today, I want you to just come right now. I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to come. And I want you to, if you're in a rush.